Trigger warning, discussion of sexual violence. Hey, Dune fans! <laughs> Good morning, Dune it Nam! Yeah. Yeah. Arrakis uh, Nam. Yeah. I never C. saw C. that, Robin Williams. C.H. Nam. Yeah. That was yeah, that, that works if you do that pronunciation. Um, the correct pronunciation. Yeah, I, I never, I never saw that Robin Williams movie, but I guess it just felt right, so I, I did it. Um, so, so hey, welcome to another installment of Dune Dudes: Colon God Emperor of Dune Dudes. Yeah, Where, this is what our, our third, third episode. I think Talking it's still, chapters. Uh, yeah. So that so that means um, eleven through fifteen is what we're discussing today. If you say so. Uh, we I haven't even I I haven't I haven't been mentioning the chapter numbers at all, but we haven't mentioned chapter numbers since too. like halfway no. through Dune. The original no, Dune. No. But I'm, but I'm but I'm bringing it back, baby. All right. Maybe just for now because I feel like it. But Connor, can you? Uh, I did it. Can so. Can you explain to the um the listeners why you sound like you're on speakerphone on your cell phone? Oh yeah. Um, that's because I am on speakerphone. What on my cell phone? What? Um, yeah. Yeah. I know. What led we to that? We live in a crazy age. We live in a crazy age where we can do these things. Um, so we were going to do this podcast episode on Thursday of uh, the month February, but in the year twenty twenty one on the on the day of the eighteenth. Yes, which also but that's happens my motherfucking birthday happens to be your birthday. That's my birthday. Yeah, which your, I didn't really your thirty fifth birthday consider, but. No, <laughs> not not quite. Am I not a couple quite. years off? I'll probably be acting. I'll probably be acting the exact same way when I am thirty-five. So yeah. it's like I might as well be thirty-five, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, thirty-five yet. No, I'm not even thirty yet. So fuck you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you you are very close. Yeah. You're dangerously close to thirty. I'm. Oh, yes. I'm on the, the precipice. I'm on... It's like that Lady Gaga song, I'm on the edge of glory, but instead I'm on the edge of 30. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, you know, everyone um, here... Anyway, Connor, we ev- were... Everyone here at Dune Dudes wishes you a very, uh-huh. a very Dune-y birthday. Well, considering you're the only other one at Dune Dudes, I mean, we have our interns. Uh, yeah. We have what? We have interns. Oh, yeah. Right, the interns. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm and sure they wish me a very happy birthday, too. Yeah, right. Duncan. How, how could I forget? Yeah. Um, Which is a coincidence that his name is Duncan. You're a man. Yeah. And he's from Idaho, which I just he thought is. was really bizarre. Yeah, but our producer is Duncan from Idaho. 
Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes true, things actually. just work out these way. Yep. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, so we were, we were going to do it on my birthday. Um, and then I, uh, truthfully, I just hadn't really like read at all. I wasn't really caught up. If I had read all the chapters, I might've just been like, let's do it anyways. Yeah. But, uh, didn't. Um, and then we wouldn't be in this so, mess. Yeah, now we are, I don't think it's a mess. It's kind of fun. It is you fun. Know? I agree. It's, it's like fun. Each episode is like its own, you know, it's like, this is like the, Speakerphone episode, you know. Yeah, I, and it's still birthday related. It is because I'm driving up to my house, my 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 old haunt in uh, upstate New York, to celebrate my birthday. Yeah, today is the twentieth Saturday. So I I just think it's funny because because um you know you are the one that. You know, usually gets hung up about the sound quality of these episodes, and uh, you know, y- you're the reason for this the, the 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 sound quality to to be slightly lesser than usual. We'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe the sound quality will be fine. Um, I've gotten hung up on it here and there. I mean, I want people to be able to hear it if they choose to listen. Yeah. You know, if there are, if there are people choosing to listen, they should at least be able to hear it. You know, I mean, so. I don't think we've 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 ever been it's it's ever been that bad where they couldn't hear it. It cuts in and out. I mean, sometimes, but then, but I mean, I think we usually get to the bottom of that and fix it. But uh, anyways, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think no, you're. It's fine. It's, I, I, it I I don't think you're matter. giving. I don't think you're giving Duncan from Idaho enough credit, to be honest. Yeah, um, you're probably right. I mean, I, I think I need to uh, appreciate what Duncan from Idaho does yeah. a bit more. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll work on appreciating Duncan from Idaho specifically a little bit more. Okay, thank you. I appreciate I mean, so. he, he appreciates that. He, he appreciates that. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. He appreciates He does, that. You're, yeah. You're thanking me on his behalf. Yeah, nice. I mean, he, he chooses uh, to say in the shadows. Well, I was going to say, this, to show our gratitude, maybe we should have Duncan from Idaho make a quick appearance sometime, you know? No, he's he's listening in um, on the other line, and uh, he, he just prefers to keep his mic off and to just you know deal with the audio and the levels and all that stuff. Right. He's here with us, right. though. But, uh, Makes sense. Yeah. Um, right. in spirit. Right. No, no, he he is actually here on the other line, but he prefers to stay silent. Okay. Well, it seems like maybe he should work on the audio quality a bit more sometimes too. Like I know he puts in a lot of work, but then like also, you know, I mean, there's just some things that are kind of left to be desired. That's all. Like there's places where there's room for improvement, and I think Duncan from Idaho would admit that. That's all. I think he does the best he can with the, with what he's given. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh, you might be right it'd be nice if he could chime in and give some of his own personal input but i understand that yeah i mean just just like shadows like and like i say- the first time that we've ever mentioned him we've ever we've, we've ever <laughs> mentioned him you know the first time yeah well you think someone who's working on the podcast whose name is duncan and they're from idaho like we would have mentioned that prior but 
this is the first time we've done it, so I don't know. It's well, he's he's not been he's not been with us for for that long. He, you know, he what what has it been? It's only been a couple of weeks. Right. Since he, he's he was you know brought on board. Yeah, true. I since, mean, the interns since we've, have, since we've blown it up and we. Yeah, some of the interns have been here longer bring people than he on has. board to. Uh, yeah, yeah, to continue this growing operation of ours. I know. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, you yeah, know, true. maybe one day he'll he will let his guard down and and jump on the pod and uh, you know talk to us for a little bit. One can only hope. Uh, with that said, Connor, uh, you you ready to uh, jump into the to the uh, the brunt of it all? Uh, if by the brunt of it all you mean the theme song, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So you you've got it memorized, right? I do actually. I think I really do. <laughs> really? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So. All right. Let's let's uh let's uh, and and the good thing is is actually now that you're on the on on the phone there won't be any lag. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I know. And you know, I'm in the car, so it feels like I can really belt it out. You know. Hell yeah! All right. Three, two, one. Go, God Emperor, man I love, stand beside him and guide him through the golden path he's chosen. Towards the crowd, four thousand years brutality. One day we'll miss Mordeaux. Wow, that was a powerful performance. That I was... don't really know what happened on your end because because like you stopped singing at one point, so either there was lag or like you forgot what you were going to sing next, and it's probably even like more disjointed than usual. No, no, I mean, so so there was a little bit of lag, and so then I was waiting for you to catch up, and so that so so for the for for, uh, for, uh, the, for the last part of the song, I I, I sang with you because I waited for you to catch up. Yeah, yeah. It's really. It's not going to sound. No, it sounded great. It's not. Okay. It sounded really, really good. You'll, you'll, you'll hear when you listen to this. All right. Sounded really, really good. I'm excited. I maybe uh, Duncan can work on the levels there a little and even it out. So he definitely will. <clears throat> that's what he does. That's that's his job. That's what we pay him All for. All right, but but. <laughs> But uh, but now I'm really ready to get into the the brunt of it, as you said. All right. Well, hey, Dune dudes, colon God Emperor of Dune dudes, chapter eleven, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first chapter of this section is Monio, and he's he's meeting with. Lido about Fiona, right? That sounds correct to me. Let me just, uh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds correct to me. Oh, boy. What? Okay. What? What? <laughs> I just thought you'd be, like, kind of at the ready, you know? Like, you know, I, I kind of mentioned before, like, I don't have the book in front of me. Usually I kind of look at the book, 
just to refresh my memory. And you're like, oh, I think that's right, you know. And that's it's fine, you know. But I just kind of thought. Well, hey, I've got the book right here, and I'm Anyways, I'm, I'm looking I'm, into it. I'm looking into it, and uh, it actually, I'm looking and I'm seeing. I'm actually seeing right now with the book in front of oh me that <laughs> that you oh that you are, are you correct. Kidding? You are correct. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, for this chapter, I we we in this section as a whole, anyways, we got more of Monio, which is cool. The more <clears throat> the more I see Monio, the more I I like him. I find. Um, and we kind of get to see just, like, how weary he's become from, uh, I guess, just all, <clears throat> all the responsibilities of working as uh, Leto's right-hand man. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we also see, like, these parts of their relationship where, like, they'll really see eye to eye or, like, they really understand each other and we get more parts of that, too. But, like, we also see the the aspects of their relationship where Monio still doesn't fully grasp what Leto's trying to accomplish. And I forget if it's this chapter that they talk about that in or if it's in one of the later ones, but the the main source of conflict here, even though Monio is a pretty loyal, uh, you know, not a servant, but a, a you know a loyal, I don't know, attendant. Uh, Lido is saying that he thinks it might be time for Siona's test. Yes, and. Monio is worried about that, and he says as much. He's like, you know, I think you could understand. I'd be nervous. She's my only daughter. I love her. I know that this is, like, part of our plan and that it's necessary, but, like, are you sure it's time? Are you sure that these things are going to be okay? Um, we don't know what the test is, but it kind of makes me think about the Gamjabar. Exactly. And I think yeah, I think it's this, some sort of Gamjabar. Right. So it's a it's a potentially fatal test. And if you pass it you live and if you fail it you die. You know, that's Yeah. That that pretty much seems to be the case. Um and we know that similarly Monio went through the test as well. So I don't know, there's some interesting threads there. Uh what did you think about this this chapter? Do you have any thoughts on anything I've covered so far, or anything else? Yeah, I, I think it, it 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 is a good chapter, yeah. and uh, it it gives it gives more insight into Monio, as you said, um, who is is also a you know character I like uh, more and more. Um, the the parts that are more are, are most interesting to me are. Um, you know, pretty much we we uh, we learn that. Monio is 118 years old or he will be 118 years old um shortly uh which is yeah yeah which I, I i thought it might have even been older than that is that what it says yeah it, it says 118 years old um and oh, 
and uh, that you know he's he's getting older. He could live much longer, but he refuses to take spice that Leto is you know Leto offers him spice, but he refuses to uh, take it to extend his lifespan. Right, uh, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Leto comments that he's he's like he's at this curious part of the human lifespan where they want to die. Like yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. You know? He's he's just he's just taking on to make sure that uh, Siona will be okay after he's gone. That seems to be it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's uh it's very interesting because like if he's one hundred and eighteen, like how old is Siona? When did he have Siona? You know, that's it's it's all a little bit uh, right. the timeline is interesting to me. True, and also, I mean, if he is. Not if he is. He is 118. And at this point, he's refusing to take the spice. But if he's this old as it is, doesn't, does that not mean he's had to have had some spice in his lifetime to extend his lifespan? You know, like. Well, potentially. Maybe when he was younger, he would take the spice. Maybe, but we also don't know how, how, like, what the average lifespan on Arrakis is right now. Right. Like, if through the breeding program. Leto's been able to extend people's lifespans. Yeah, I like, mean, it, it 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 very well could be that everyone, you know, every average person on Arrakis, their their lifespan is like 120 ish. You know. Yeah. It's not totally True. out of the realm of possibility, um, especially because you know we 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 do learn a little bit more about Leto's. Uh, rain here and and that actually you know um people are pretty much well fed and comfortable um so yeah yeah, yeah. that is yeah, that, that is talk right now. you're right yeah so for the most part people are okay <laughs> yep uh so i think that's probably the the you know the case here um and then, then the other interesting parts too is you know is that Monio definitely knows that uh, Lido wants to breed Siona with Duncan. Yes. Um, which is also interesting to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, that part is uh, pretty weird when it when it comes to the last chapter in this section where Munio and Duncan are having a conversation and it's like simultaneously like the father talking to the new boyfriend and it's like you better watch out but then also like Monio also being like I'm I'm your son too in a way. Yeah. Yeah, well you know he he uh, uh he said or it says um that yeah he, he he finds it peculiar to think of him as both an ancestor and the father of my descendants. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, like, I... <laughs> it is, it, I don't know, it is weird if you think about it, but I kind of felt like it's not as, uh, not as, as, like, nebulous as it seems, because... Obviously, it's not that specific Duncan. I get that it's, like, essentially an exact replica, so it kind of is. 
Yeah. Genetically, but I mean, as a person or as a Duncan, you know, he's still starting back at square one. So, like, I, I do feel like there's an important distinction there, but I, I guess I also get how the characters are grappling with this and thinking that it's odd. Because it is still odd, you know? But uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's 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 not you know the same. It's not it's not the same as if uh, Leto was the one that was fathering all of these uh, Atreides, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, Duncan's not like continuous in the same way, but he's always around in some form as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's just really interesting. I don't know, uh, and and. It is like you, 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 you can tell that Monio is, you know, protective of of Siona, but like Leto also feels like he has ownership over her as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's that really uh revealing line where Monio keeps saying, like, oh, you know, she's my only child, this and that. And Leto thinks to himself, like, can't Monio see that all of humanity is my only child? Yes, yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, Which, okay, wait. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Because Mm. I, like always, there's like this caveat where it's like, okay, we need to keep reading and find out more. Like, if, if anything reading these chapters has made me kind of realize like how little about the golden path we still know. Yeah. You know, uh, but, but I think Monio's concern for Siona as his only child is, uh, more, more, uh, grounded in love and like human caring than what Leto considers to be his love for all of humanity as his only child. Because, like, we also know that Leto has had to make these terrible decisions, you know? And enforce tranquility over the, the whole human race. And, you know, certainly... Like you're saying, we know that on Arrakis, life is probably pretty good overall for, like, the, the widest net of people you can cast. Um, but it kind of goes down to, like, you know, if you were a parent and you have, like, multiple kids and someone asks you to, like, choose between your kids, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I feel like when you when you see those situations depicted in, like, media, or even if you just ask, yeah. So they always say, like, oh, I can't choose, right? I can't choose. But Leto doesn't have a problem choosing, if you ask me. Um, that's a, yeah, that's so, a good point, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. It's weird, because, like, at the same time, too, like, if Leto really sees all of humanity as one child, though, to him, he's probably not really choosing at all. You know, he's not making decisions weighing one life against the other. If all of humanity to him is one like super organism that he's just cultivating and protecting, then 
yeah, you know, you got to kill some of them to save most of them, right? But yeah, from the, the human perspective, I think it seems very callous. And, like, Leto's love and Monio's love are not the same. But, like, Leto tries to equate it in his mind. You see what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's not the same. Yeah, I mean, to him, you know, Siona is, is just this kind of... Um, you know, one component from 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 this this massive organism, you know, that is the the human race or the you know his his breeding program. This is you know she's just kind of like a uh, like 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 one cell that is you know d- doing more work than than the other ones, you know. And so um, yeah, but yeah, to uh-huh. to Monio, it's you know she's she's literally his only child and I, uh, you know, one, one is led to believe that, that they've had a close relationship, you know, in, in her growing up that, that, that he actually was like a father, yeah. like, you know, what played the father role to her. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, they I are very so. different. And I mean, the, I, it's, it's, it's kind of tough. Cause like, we we know that Leto does know what it's like to be a father and a mother. You know what I mean? Like like he has those experiences within him, but yeah, you know, not in this incarnation. So it's like how 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 much does he actually know what what it actually is like? You know? Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's like a degree of separation. There has and to be. And I think it all goes back. To the loss of humanity that he that he suffers to become the god emperor, you know. Yeah. So like he has all the knowledge, um, but kind of like divorced from some of the emotion. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, I mean, and again, the other characters too are are kind of realizing slowly, or it's being revealed slowly that Leto does have these emotions, you know. Yeah, um, and I, I, I think one could argue that you know he maybe could tap into the 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 emotional history of his of you know his his past lives or the lives that are within him, but maybe he chooses not to because he does identify you know him being emotional as his greatest weakness. Yeah, and so just like he, you know, he 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 chooses not to see see all you know some parts of the future he can choose not to tap into the emotional side of of uh you know his ancestry yeah i think that's probably true i want to mention quick um i mean i i felt like the way that leto talks about his past lives in this section, like there's a couple times where I think he like flexes a little, mm-hmm. especially when he's talking to Duncan, and or or when Monio is having the conversation about or to Duncan, and like Duncan asks a question like, "Oh, how would he know that?" or this and that, and like Monio just stares at him yeah. until like Duncan realizes, like, "Oh, right, like Lido is everyone," you know, mm. but. I uh, I kind of got the impression that 
in this section in particular, but like kind of in general in, in God Emperor, that it feels like the knowledge that Leto is drawing on is even vaster than the Atreides line, which I kind of thought shouldn't be the case. But, like, he literally makes it sound like he's every human that's ever lived. Like, when, in the second chapter, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, and someone asked him, like, why are the fish speakers called the fish speakers? And he's like, oh, well, uh, priests in the old times originated uh, because they, like, would have dreams where they could talk with fishes, and I know this because it's part of my memory. But, like, so that would mean that the Atreides line has to go through that portion of human history, you know? But, like, it could, but it sounds like, it sounds like he's drawing on knowledge that's even, like, wider than the Atreides. You know what I mean? Or, or yeah. is that just no. what I, how I felt about it? I I, I, I I do get that, but also you got to think like you know we know we know that the you know Atreides goes all the way back to you know the the, the you know the Greeks, um, Atreus, right, yeah, and so I mean just thinking about how many you know like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years you know have passed and just how vast that ancestry is i think you could equate it with like yeah like essentially you know if if he goes back far enough like he has the memories of like a really good portion of the human race you know yeah yeah you know and i wonder if part of it is too like i'm thinking about this now that i'm talking about it out loud but i kind of thought about it as like one sort of unbroken um, line from, like, parent to child, but, like, as people, like, marry or or just, like, mate into the line, that I guess you kind of, like, gain all the memories of that, of the people that join into the Atreides line as well. Exactly, like how, yeah. It, it splinters off, you know, in, in so many directions. Johnny's Right, like how he can draw on Chani's memories, even though Chani's not in Atreides. Yeah, exactly. Because that was his mother. So I guess it, I guess it just continually splinters and branches deeper and deeper into the past. Exactly. So I, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that I brought that up and talked about it out loud because I, I wasn't really getting there in my head. Well, so, I mean, uh, it, it, it still seems, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's still pretty drastic. You know, it's, it's still greater than we were than we were led to believe in in children of dune you know it it seems that way or he talks about it that way yeah, yeah. i think um but anyways yeah okay um so for this first chapter i don't really know if there's anything else i want to mention but i i guess i i just really appreciate like the weariness the weariness of uh, of Monio, that he's just like so uh, tired and ragged, and I think a lot of it just has to do like he's expending a lot of mental energy just caring about his daughter from afar. It seems, yeah, you know, like it feels like if he had some sort of assurance that Fiona was going to be okay, he'd probably have a bit more like pep in his step, you know. 
but it's like on top of everything else, he's also like part of the machine that could potentially kill his daughter, and like yeah. he knows that, and he has to like keep moving forward because he he clearly um you know believes in the golden path, uh, even though he doesn't fully comprehend what it is. So no, you're I don't know. you're, you're I, absolutely I, I just right. really like that kind of. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, there, there's there's also you know him like really you know believing in Leto, and he does have this this great connection, and and like does know Leto, you know better than maybe anybody else alive right now. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, there's there's kind of this this internal struggle, you know, between father and you know the the most trusted you know being the most trusted friend and advisor of uh the god emperor um and yeah i mean and like this chapter ends uh you know him him leaving without being dismissed and right and manio thinking to himself he must know how tired i am he will forgive um which yeah is probably true, but but uh, Leto can definitely tell that he is you know he's he's he, he's not firing on all cylinders right now. No. Hmm. Uh, hold on one second. Can you pause it? Yeah, I'll I'll pause. It. I'm right. gonna get a drink too. So. All right. So, anyways, just just wrapping up. Yeah, I think uh, the 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 growing. It's not even necessarily like a conflict. Yeah, it's just sort of like a conflict of interest, maybe between Monio and Leto, but like also this understanding that they're working together, and like not fully understanding how Siona fits into the plan, uh, not fully understanding what the test is. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's all. It's all very interesting. My my thought. Well, you know what? Let's let's talk about the next chapter because I'm going to talk about some stuff in the next chapter. So let's just go ahead, and then maybe we'll we'll bring it back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This, unless there's anything else you want to say here. No, no, I think I think that's it for for chapter one. Um, okay, well, chapter two. I know um, this is the one that has all the. Section. Like it's, it's kind of a recounting of events from the Bene Gesserit sisterhood as they're talking with Leto. Yes. Yep. Yep. We, and it kind of we get the rundown. Right. Yeah. This was a cool chapter because it it catches us up to speed with like different parts of the universe. And um, I don't know. In a way that I feel like if this happened as like the first five chapters of the book, I would have complained a little like I did before. And I'm like, it just feels like they're giving us exposition to let us know what's happening. But yeah, I, I actually liked the way it was handled here. Um, Cause one, it starts off as a recounting that still like advances the plot because the first chapter ends there's like this festival coming up in the city of on and that's also adding to the stress on the Neo. But 
So the first section of this chapter is Shubhane Gezeret, which is talking with Leto. It, it seems to be leading up to this festival, or even going into the city. Itself. Yeah. Um, so we kind of go back to this, like, journal chapter, where obviously uh, this is happening ahead of events that we're reading now again, but it informs what we're reading. We're reading about the characters in this cool way. Um, and yeah, it just shows like how much Leto is still keeping tabs on people, what the relationship is between like these, these greater forces in the universe, like the Bene Gesserit and Leto. Um, and, and I don't know, just, like, how how kind of, like, shamed the B'nai Gesserit have become. Like, they're just, like, brought into heel. Absolutely. Like a house-trained puppy. Yeah. Next to, uh, next to Leto. And, like, they can't even, they can't even, like, really be vocally upset about it. Or else, you know, Leto will just give less and less fight. You know? Yeah. So it's just, like, total, total dominance in a way that, uh, you know, if the B'nai Gesserit didn't suck, like, it would almost hurt to read. <laughs> I know, for real. So. So, I mean, yeah. Um, they, and then, they, uh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Pretty much they, they like, like their, their MO right now is, like, we can't plot against him because he will know before we do it. So, so like pretty much like, uh, we ask him like, if we're doing anything that is interfering with his plans, tell us and we'll stop, <laughs> you know, like, and, and yeah. like, if, if, yeah, if uh, really you need anything for, that. yeah. And, and like, if, if you need anything from us, let us know and we'll give you it. Like, like, they're, they're, they're like they they've surrendered <laughs> all control. Yes, yeah, I think those were some really great lines because it feels like it's it's um, really dealing with how you'd have to um, like have a relationship with or like be an ambassador towards like someone who could see the future and like it's this really interesting admission on the Bene Gesserit part that like. Obviously, Leto, you know that we're not happy about this, and uh, where we're still going to be like plotting against you, potentially, you know. So, like, yeah. so if you see any members of our group plotting against you, tell us, and we'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, yeah. So it, it really just like highlights the shaky ground that they have, but like just how how bootlicking they need to be in order to get even a fucking crumb of spice, you know? Absolutely, and, and you know, uh, he, he's he's uh, still, like, even though they're complying, like, he is still refusing to increase their spice, uh, you know, um, yeah. allotment. Right, they need to send in, like, a, like a budget request or mm -hmm. something. <laughs> he yeah. just denies it without reason. Um, yeah, and they, they kind of mentioned, too, like, how how that has essentially halted the creation of Reverend Mothers during this period, and I guess uh, 
it sounds like it's still happening, but at like a crawl, you know, they yeah. might need to force fights in order to, to accomplish even one, maybe. I don't really know. When we see the Reverend Mother creation before, it happens with the water of life, so I don't know. Yeah. But I guess they, uh, maybe if you have enough spice, you can just induce the same trance or whatever. Yeah, I think probably because uh, I mean, you know, the water of life—that's a whole—that's a whole Fremen ceremony, you know, right? So right, they probably do yeah, it in a slightly different thing. method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Yeah. So they're uh, forget forget uh, <clears throat> forget bootlickers. They're flipper lickers, man. The Pene Gesserit are flipper lickers. Yeah, flipper. Yeah. Um. True that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just wanted to say that. I thought I thought I was being funny there. So it's the truth. They're licking those, but, those uh, useless flippers. <laughs> but yeah. So um, that's all pretty interesting. And then and then we kind of just get like a whole rundown of uh, the rest of the universe. And I, I want I do let's start with the breeding program. Yeah. That's what I was talking about before. Uh-huh. And they they have a section on that. Um it's pretty much just that they're like, you know, Leto's still in complete control, obviously. We've requested to be a part of the breeding program again, and he pretty much keeps denying it. Um to the point that it sounds like it sounds like the Bene Gesserit have even tried to infiltrate the breeding program just by sending in, you know, Bene Gesserit to meet with other people in the line. And Leto just has them killed. You know, yeah. if they have a baby, it sounds like he just killed them. No. Mm. He's like, no, <laughs> I didn't approve of this child. Yeah. So they're completely shut out. And and Leto likes toying with them, so he mentions he mentions um, to the Bene Gesserit, like think about your past failures, how how your lack of control over Paul um, created me. Yeah, you know? exactly. And then he's like, you didn't really know what you made. Before, you know, and, and he's like, you don't know what I have in Siona either. Um, and so the B'nai Gesserit are kind of reflecting on this and they don't have a conclusion to come to, but they're like, so Leto is saying that Siona is like this great product or some important part of the breeding program that we don't understand yet. Um, and, And I, I forget, he, they say something else, or he says something else. Like, he mentions Fiona, and he mentions, like, something about their past failures in a way that, uh... It, it made me think, as I was reading it, about two things. One, that I think, um... That Leto is trying to achieve some sort of like Kwisatz Hatterach offshoot with Fiona, and I think we're going to kind of bring it back to that in a way. 
Um, but then also, I mean, just like, imagine the arrogance of talking to the B'nai Gesserit after stealing their breeding program, being like, you created this thing that you couldn't fully comprehend or control, and it was your undoing. Yeah. And then Leo seems to be like, without a, without a hint of, of, I mean, like, he, he is self-reflecting and understands completely, but but he seems to think that he's, like, incapable of making the same mistake. And I feel like this is leading up to him making the same mistake, you know? Like, uh-huh. that he doesn't understand what he has in Fiona. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's that's true, especially that's, since that's, he can't. He can't see Siona on the golden path, you know? He can't see uh, both of them intertwining. Uh, but, the, but the one big difference that I think we need to bring attention to is, uh, you know, what, what Leto says, too, is uh, tell your sisters also that B'nai Jesuit, of all people, should know the dangers of breeding for a particular characteristic, of seeking a defined genetic goal. Um, and so in his breeding program, it's, uh, you know, it's clear that he actually is, he, he is leaving space for, uh, essentially like random, um, characteristics to, to kind of take shape. He's, you know, he's, he's not planning it all out to a, to a T, uh, they, you know, they say, um, there's evidence of a certain randomness in his plan which is reinforced by the Lord Leto's statement about genetic goals. Um, so, so I mean, that's interesting. That goes back to kind of his, his uh, you know, delight in, in surprises. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that, and you're right, that we see that crop up in, like, other aspects of his life. He doesn't want to see his own death. He doesn't want to stop anyone else's death. So, he... He kind of submits to a certain chaos of the universe. Yeah. So and that that also. Well, okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, even if even if Siona is is the person that leads to his downfall, I mean, he 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 might that might be be a good thing for him. You know, the only thing that you know that that would um, be you know bad about that essentially is if. Siona leading to his downfall would interrupt the golden path. Right. That is true. Obviously, Leto is aware of what his death is going to be, or what, what it should be. So he needs to die near water. He seems to want to restart the worm cycle. Um, so, like, I guess if if Siona, if the success of Siona's goal to defeat Leto um, aligns with Leto's goal to die and create the worms again, like those two things could just um, support one another. Yeah. And they both win. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why Siona needs to be the way that she is. Um, But but yeah, the uh, the whole the whole like randomness and everything too, like like in this thousand of chapters, Leto mentions um, that 
just like his his dear old dad, um, he kind of laments and um, and despises the religion around him, even though he's even though he's the creator and yeah. the perpetuator of it. Um, and so, like, in private, Leto is able to have these conversations with trusted individuals, being Bonio. Um, and he's like, you know, even I am essentially nothing compared to the, the scope of the universe. You know, Leto's yeah. like, to me, my God yeah. is the universe and chance and chaos, you know? Um, and so, obviously, to humankind, I seem like a god, and that's the mantle I wear. But, like, Leto's also very aware that um, he's not a god at all. And so he, he's kind of, like, fighting against those two sides, too. And we see mo- more of that here. Yeah, um, yep. He he's under oh, yeah. no grand anyway. delusion of uh of who he is. He just he, I mean he he knows he has a job to do and he wants to get it done and uh, will right. you know, do do literally that's, whatever that's it takes. Part of doing it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, um, I don't know if we, we need to go through piece by piece here, but I know in the this chapter there's a couple different sections, like they talk about the Tleilaxu, they talk about uh, the fish speakers. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we get a pretty good rundown of kind of, uh, like, you know, what I wanted to to um, be informed of, you know, I mean, we, we get, you know, an economic breakdown of things, uh, we get a breakdown of the great houses, uh, who who the you know the yeah. great majority are are suffering um, economic disaster, um, and the only ones that that are are uh, doing well um, are the ones that are heavy investors in in Chome. Um, we we get a good rundown of family life within the universe, which is uh, very interesting to me. It's it's um, you know they say that. Uh, 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 familial conditions grow more and more similar, no matter the planet of residence. Um, a circumstance which cannot be attributed to accident. We're, uh, we are seeing here the emergence of a portion of, of Lord Leto's grand design. And, uh, and they say that even the poorest families are well fed, but the circumstances of daily life grow increasingly static. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it seems to be part of the plan is to create this homogeneity yes. between all all people. And so, because Leto says too, says um, that after Leto's dead, in order for humanity to stay on the golden path, that they need to create they, that that humanity needs to make long-term decision for itself yes. in order to survive. So perhaps by, by creating conditions for, 
you know, humanity to be the same no matter where they are. That creates a kind of uh, kinship. You know, there's like a, a, a just a increasing lack of division for humans to like squabble over those pointless surface level uh, differences. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. Also, the the thing that I feel like has maybe been alluded to is you know. I, th- I think Leto is teaching them that, like, 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 st- like, being stagnant is, is, is awful. And at, you know, after you know, four thousand years of of the same fucking boring shit, even if you're taken care of and well fed, like, they're gonna revolt, you know, and they're going to, and that's gonna lead to maybe um, the the needle of pr- of a uh, progress being moved in the right direction again. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. You're right. I like that. Uh, I like that take as well. Um, I think there's just one more thing I want to mention here about this chapter, and that uh, it's the first time we see this word come up: chapter house. That's yes. So I was going to say the same thing. Yep. <laughs> so we know through our uh, oracular vision, mm-hmm. that the last book in this series is called Chapter House Dune. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, and I hadn't mentioned this before because it didn't matter, but I thought that, uh, I kind of thought that might mean that the last book in the Dune series was going to be like almost a compendium of like short stories or uh, or like vignettes. You know, oh, like, yeah. just like different parts of the universe. And, but now I'm like, oh, so the last book can still be like one long ongoing narrative and maybe it's focusing on like this warehouse of stored knowledge still. I don't know. It's really interesting to see this word come up here and think like, oh shit, like that's the last book, dude. Yeah, you know? I know. Um, I know. So that was So, yeah, yeah that, I, that's about it for me. Yeah, I mean, it, and it kind of makes me think that maybe uh, it's it's going to be a very Bene Gesserit uh, heavy heavy book. Right? Yeah, it can be. Um, I guess we'll see. But uh, it was interesting to, but immediately, you know, when when I when that word came up, I was like, oh, whoa! Like that that sent some connections off in my brain. That was, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was cool. It was so. cool. Yeah, definitely. And and I mean, I mean, a, a chapter house might have been something that that came to be within the last three thousand years since we had not we have not heard that uh, that phrase up until now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who um, knows? Yeah. I mean. I mean the 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 rest of this, you know, is is just kind of a rundown of of uh, things that are happening right now. I, I, I think the, uh, the, the, the only things <clears throat> really notable are, um, you know, the Ixians, um, and the guild kind of, uh, planning, you know, trying to find a way to get around the spice and, and, you know, you know, invent some technology to, uh, that they can navigate with, uh, without needing the spice. Um, 
there there are some rumors of of um you know Leto being being um uh <clears throat> susceptible to water you know water might 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 be uh a weakness um uh, so there there's like yeah nothing confirmed but um but uh there are rumors of that and then also uh that he uses computers um and that and and that right. the Jesuit think that if they can prove that then maybe they they can gain a leg up and and have some leeway within his his empire um I yeah, don't know how that you would know, go, but it uh it makes me think I didn't I didn't make this connection, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be this, but in the first chapter that we're introduced to Nayla when she's writing the message, is that on a computer? You think? It doesn't, like, explicitly say oh. it, but you're kind of reminding now. And the way it's described, I mean, it could just be a computer that she's using, you know? I think, it's, that, I, like, I think it is a computer, yeah. I, I think it is a computer, and I feel like she doesn't know what it is, but she, ha- but, but she has that suspicion, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so I think he's definitely using computers uh, in secret. <laughs> not, yeah. just the, not, not just the cart. Um but uh, but then yeah, then th- then also uh, you know, they, there's more talk about the new ambassador that Ix is sending over, um, Huey Nuri, and uh, you yep. know more mention of of Malky. Um, yep. But then that's 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 pretty much it. Yeah, I, I would. I was surprised we didn't get Huey Nuri in this section. I know. So I know. We're, we're still uh, waiting for her to enter the fray. But yeah. Um, so Malky was like Monio before Monio. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's what it sounds that, like. A that great much friend. You know. Yeah. Uh so who knows? We kind of like with with um with Leto's lifespan and all these characters kind of existing in this this weird orbit around him, you know. Duncan Idaho himself is literally being resurrected uh, in this cyclical nature. But I mean, like, similarly, even though Malky and Monio aren't the same person, um, you know, it could be that Leto's still going through a kind of cycle with them. You know, like, who was before Malky, you know? Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, so we we don't know what happened to Malky still. And... I'm assuming Monio knows, but he might even be being kept in the dark in the same way that the Duncans are, you know? Like, maybe there's some twist of fate there that, uh, in some ways, Monio's just kind of going through these guided steps, just like just like his predecessor, too, you know? Yeah. Or without his full awareness. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. We don't know, but something to chew on. No, yeah, not 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 yet. Yeah, All I right. mean that's we, we we don't know what is being kept from Monio, uh, what what Lido is keeping from all of his closest uh, associates. 
But uh, next so up, anyways, we, got, uh, uh, we, we, we got a Nayla chapter. <clears throat> right. I thought so. Yep. So this is the one. Nayla is ascending the uh, Citadel Tower to meet with Leto. Um, to kind of simultaneously uh, re re oh hold on reaffirm or restore her faith. Yeah, which yeah. is maybe not not necessarily wavering because she's a fanatic, but you know she needs like a uh, she needs like a you know just just some support, I guess. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Every now and then she's got a. Uh, but then. Be thrown a bone. Right. Uh, but then also, we kind of get this, like, uh, subtler testing, you know, that that's really what Leto wants to see is if Nayla thinks Fiona is ready. Yes. Um, yep, yep. For this test. That's kind of how the chapter ends, is that, like, Leto needs to see for himself in Nayla's eyes, uh, if she thinks Fiona is ready. I like that we get some more clarity on Nayla's role because in this, this section of chapters here, there's a lot of talk about the fish speakers. And at first, none of that is expanded upon. So the first time you see that word, you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, you, know, you can kind of piece it together, but... Um, but it's not the same as if they were just called, like, the Royal Guard or something. You'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I get that. Um, so you're kind of kept at, like, an arm's length for a little while. Yeah, the, then, na- the, the, the name makes you go, huh? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> um, and so Leto mentions that, uh, in the second chapter, to the Nate Gesserit, it has to do with this beginning of, like, priestesses from human history. But then also they kind of serve as his standing army, which we'll get to, because that's important in the Duncan chapter. Yes. That's yes. going to be a whole fucking thing to talk I know, about. I know, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, anyways, um, but here we get... We get some real clarity on Nayla's role. She's kind of this head honcho in the the fish speaker. Yes. But she's not just like some, some like small time kind of, you know, pawn that Leto is using to like subtly infiltrate the rebellion. I mean he is doing that. But Nayla is not like just someone plucked from obscurity to help him because of like you know, just like certain qualities she happens to have. Um, I mean, she too is bred to be this uh, this prominent figurehead in what is essentially Leto's Leto's force. Yeah, um, she's she's an infamous fish speaker. So she's she's like a big time uh, prominent figure in Leto's army. So it yep. goes to show why um, why her her um, identity needs to be hidden in service to Leto and is open in the rebellion. You know. Yeah, very, uh, very true. And so I think it. 
it kind of all but confirms to me that she was the one um, with Luli interviewing Duncan for the first time. Yeah, I think wearing so. the mask. I think so too. I think so too. Um, one one thing he Lido thinks is uh, is in many ways she is the most useful assistant I have ever had. I am her god. She worships me quite unquestioningly. Even when I playfully attack her faith, she takes this merely as testing. She knows herself superior to any yeah. test. Yep. Yeah, and even here we see him poke and prod her. Yeah, you know. I know. He has fun with it. In fact, right, he does, but like, this is the first time that we see Leto say that he could get angry. Which yeah. is interesting because there, there's been other times prior where he mentions like characters or other events. He's like, oh, that almost made me frustrated. Exactly. You, know? you can only like, annoy I was me almost pretty much. mildly annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it almost sounds like he does have this complete control and that he's not even like capable of experiencing anger. But for the first time, he's like so. Uh, you know, because before he sees Nayla, he's wrapped up in his own thoughts, where he's railing against his role as this god and hating it, hating himself, you know? And so Nayla just works as this um, this complete representation of uh, this huge portion of humanity's just complete, um, unquestioning faith in him. And it kind of drives Leto up the fucking wall. It does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, he, he's he's absolutely repulsed by it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, you know... Yeah, he, he's, he's definitely able to calm himself down, but yeah, uh, it, it yeah. was interesting that this is the moment that we see him driven to anger very nearly. I know, and it's all it's it's all out of his own creation, you know? He says, he says, uh, right. I, I have created a holy obscenity. This religion built around my person disgusts me. Yes. Right there, we go. Yeah, so I mean, it's um, it's uh yeah, I it, it it's interesting that you know he he is he is using her as a tool, but at the same time is also disgusted by her. You know, he, like she's so useful to him, but everything she is, he he just cannot stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um this isn't really going to land with you, kind of like when I brought up Game of Thrones uh, parallels before, but this is really starting to make me think of um, Death Note, in a way, the anime. Uh-huh. And uh, the, the main character kind of comes to this ascendancy of a god, and, you know, also, I think he's, he's a bit more crazy and loose at the end, rather than Leto's kind of... Um, complete control but but the, the, the point is just that uh there there's also these characters that are used uh for their fanaticism so um i don't know it's it's kind of i don't know it's not cool it's not interesting i don't know what word i want to use but it feels like it just feels like i see some of those similarities not that death note or god emperor are the first stories to utilize characters like this, but um, that's the connection in my mind. So I thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, 
<laughs> Maybe Death Note was inspired by God Emperor of Dune. <laughs> I, I can't bring up anything in this podcast without it going back to uh, inspired by Dune. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows, man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, I, I like conversation that they have here. Herbert's always really fucking solid at just writing a one-on-one conversations and examining the character's internal thoughts. Like, um, And so I, I like no matter what, uh, no matter, it, it seems like no matter what Leto says, you know, we, we have like a complete understanding of why Leto is testing her fate out of like his own anger when yeah. she arrives. If we see Leto recognize in Nayla's eyes that Nayla accepts it as a test. Um, and then, like, it comes to this really great conclusion at the end of the chapter where Leto is like, listen, you know, he really does get pissed at her. And he's like, you need to fucking do Everything and anything Siona commands of you. Like, that's your yep. God's orders. And if Siona says, you need to come here and fucking kill me, you better fucking do it. Yep. And Leto sees, like, the genuine fear in Nayla, and then, like, kind of this immediate warping of it, you know? Because, like, her reaction is real and human and visceral, you know? And... In, in this very quick turnaround, like, the fanaticism snaps back again and controls her again. And she's just able to corrupt her actual emotions back into thinking of the ultimate test. Exactly, you know, the ultimate that test. He almost sees it above her in illuminated letters. Um, and I just really love the arc of their conversation because it feels like you get this this really good beginning, middle, and end of, like, what what these characters are to each other in in a, in a very clear way. That, that just works. I don't know. I like, know. Herbert is really fucking good at writing dialogue, and I, this chapter was a good showcase of it, I thought. I like the, Absolutely, pro- the yeah. progression of it. Yeah, this is his bread and butter, you know? It's, it's kind of like a, a showcase of his philosophies, in real time, you know, like it's really, yeah, it's really well done. Um, yeah. Lito says, uh, you know, the ultimate rhetorical despotism and I despise it. Then he asks himself, is it worth this? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, uh, there, 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 there's a lot to chew on in this, in this chapter. Yeah. And then it ends. Well, at any rate, I, the big thing is, is um, yeah, the ending. Yep. He says, uh, he, or Lito thinks, Siona has reached that explosive moment which I require. Right. Yeah, so it's like, is it is it more than just what's going on with Siona? You know, are there like events surrounding her that need to line up? It could be part of, like, Leto's vision, too, you know, like, yeah. feeling like things have culminated to this this breaking point. Yep, 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 you're right. Um, but, yeah, it totally stokes 
this this growing um, this this mounting kind of pressure of like, right, what is Fiona's role? What 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 is she going to do, or or what is her purpose? You know. Um, so this this chapter was a good uh, continuation of that that thread too. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, fourth chapter, or anything else you want to touch on here? No, I'm ready to dive into uh, the fourth chapter. The the uh, we we get the new Duncan meeting Leto. Yes. Yep. Uh, so Duncan is brought to Leto by Monio. He's in this like darkened chamber. So Duncan's not just in like complete abhorrent shock of witnessing Leto all at once. So I, I like the way that this is kind of doled out in pieces, especially the way that um, Leto uses uh, the voice, or or Leto uses. I guess it's it's more than the voice. It's Leto. Yeah changing his voice from his memory cell. Um, and I think for the first time, I'm also completely convinced, maybe it should have been clearer to me before, but I'm, I'm now completely convinced that Herbert's trying to say that when Leto uses Paul's voice, it's literally Paul's voice, indistinguishable. Yes, when yep. When Leto would do this, like when when Leto was confronting Jessica in Children of Dune, and it said that he used like Duke Leto's voice against Jessica, I was not picturing that literally old Duke Leto's voice was coming out of this nine-year-old child. I thought it was like more in like these minor like vocal inflections yeah. that. Like, only Jessica, as, like, a trained B'nai Gesserit, would, like, understand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but, but, but retroactively, I'm, like, now thinking, like, okay, very literally, Herbert means that, like, this 40-year-old man's voice is coming out of this 9-year-old child in Children yeah. of Dune, you know? Yep, exactly. And so, uh, similarly, the, the same thing's happening here. So, I guess maybe that was just me, but... That that was one of my takeaways from this chapter, right? Yeah, I mean, I I uh, I don't know when it was, you know, when when it clicked for me, but but I I definitely was initially in the same position you were in, where where it, you know I thought maybe it was just more, um, individual inflection, you know, of of the person that he's 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 trying to channel, but uh, but no, yeah, it's it's literally their voice talking out of Leto's mouth. Yeah. So, anyways, that's that's used to pretty good effect here because we know Duncan can't see Leto. Yep. So I really like the imagery of like Duncan just kind of showing up and, um, you know, pretty much being like literally desensitized. He doesn't have his senses to to use right now. And so he can really only focus in on Paul's voice. Like as if he's speaking to Paul himself. 
And for all intents and purposes, he is, you know, as Guido would say. So yeah. that was like a cool way to have Duncan like reacclimated to um to, to Arrakis, to Leto's rule, to the truth behind like the multitude that Leto contains. Um and then of course the lights are turned on and uh Duncan and Leto have like this this pretty interesting, like almost sparring like back and forth where Duncan will kind of like come to accept certain things <clears throat> and then have like a backlash, but then like also like chill back out again and then recoil. You know, he kind of yeah. goes back and forth a couple times throughout yeah. the course of this conversation. So I, I like seeing that too. You know, it's not just like easing into it, like it is, but like there's also kind of this immediate um, grappling with Duncan's honor and loyalty to the Atreides household, but then like also Duncan's own personal morality that is in opposition to the golden path yep. and what Leto's trying to do. So. Yeah, and and you know he he convinces. Um, I don't know. What, what did you think? Well, yeah, he he uh, convinces Duncan, or I mean, semi convinces him. Um, you know, with, with 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 a mixture of you know playing on his Atreides loyalty and like him like being like, no, dude, I I agree with you. I agree with you. This this sucks. I uh this this worship is, you know, it's it's um. Uh, unhealthy dangerous but uh it's what i gotta do so duncan's like kind of confused he's like well like everything that i'm gonna say like he he just agrees with you know yep so it, yeah true it kind of puts right. him in a position where, where where he's 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 from the get-go he's he's not totally sure you know uh uh what's what's going on like he like he's just kind of like um uh tepidly going along with it. Yeah. And of course Duncan really doesn't have a choice anyways. You know, I oh, think no. he sees that too. Like he knows he's been made for this express purpose and presumably if Duncan were to refuse he would probably just be killed, right? Yep. Which making this blunt that would listen. So, Absolutely. That's not really touched on or like we don't see Duncan have that exact thought but I think that's in the back of his mind too like he understands what the consequences are of um, of opposing Leto mm. so I, I think he kind of has to go along with it in order to play this long game which just like we were saying before with the other Duncans like presumably that's how it always goes like we're, yep. And we're seeing the beginnings of that, you know, that uh, he has to play the game in order to get anywhere anyways. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and I mean, it's it's even a fun game for Lido. You know, he, he's 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 interested in, in, in how it'll happen and, and, and what moment will Duncan snap and, and attempt to kill him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, that's, that's interesting, but... Um, Duncan also obviously he's 
he's disturbed about you know his 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 pre-worn body and and wants to know why and uh leto says i'm still atreides duncan and i assure you with all the honor of that name there were compelling reasons obviously he yeah. he uh you know means the golden path uh so i think it's it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how much of the golden path he he gets privy to. Right. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's definitely the other big thing in this chapter. And I'm I'm glad that this is being like kind of reintroduced and expanded upon again because obviously a lot of Children of Dune also revolves around the golden path. I guess more so finding the golden path, trying yeah. to get on the golden path. Um, but, you know, obviously at the end of that book, we're left with a lot of questions, like what exactly is the golden path going to be? And we are slowly getting answers to that here, but I'm glad the book is also acknowledging that, like, there's still so much more to be revealed about it. I was kind of worried that the golden path might remain this uh, vague sort of thing. But, like, this kind of gives me hope that we are going to get some some more specific answers, you know, about uh, why these things are happening the way that they are. And so it'll be interesting to, to hopefully find out those answers and then, like, kind of go back and rethink about Children of Dune as well, or even just the beginning of this book, you yeah. know, to to have those answers and then to kind of retroactively understand, you know, specifically Leto's actions and motives, you know, hopefully in a in a better light. Even if it doesn't, I'm not expecting it to absolve him like usual, but like I just I want I want to fucking know too, you know. I know. So I'm glad that that's there. That's all. There. Yeah, no, yeah, same here. Yeah, and and it, it's 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 good to have a character like Duncan too, um, that can be led through it just as the audience needs to be. Um, yeah, which is really helpful for for this kind of thing because we're 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 uh, you know literally being being thrown into a story that is like, I mean, if if the golden path started, you know, three thousand years ago, we're 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 kind of towards the end of it. You know, Ron, this is the end of the story of the Golden Path, so. Right. Maybe. Or it the end of like the, the end of the story of, of Leto's role in the Golden Path. Right, yeah. Yeah, one thing we're sure of is the idea is that the path should keep going after Leto. That's exactly, what yeah. Sure. Yep, that's, so. that's his whole purpose here, yep. Um... But yeah, all right. Um. Anyways, yeah, I like this. <laughs> I like this too. Yeah, this is a great. This, this is a great chapter, and I mean, it's 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 really. It remains to be wild, you know, having Lido, uh, you know, Lido channel Paul and channel um, Jessica even in this chapter. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, how easy it it. It works on Duncan, and then also knowing that you know Leto has kind of perfected this method at, at you know um, easing you know easing the Duncans into 
this role and, and, and he knows all the right words to say because he's been doing this for so long. Right. Yeah, he's there, there's moments in the conversation where he's like, now's about the time where you're going to ask this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, it is. It, it makes me... It, it feels like it kind of naturally guides you to asking questions like, um, you know, what was the first meeting or the, the or some of the earliest meetings between Duncan and Lito like? Yeah. I kind of get the impression that because Lito's introduced in complete darkness, there might have been times where they were like, well, let's just try like a, a shock thing, like jumping into cold water. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. And, and they were like, oh, yeah, uh, just just having Lito fully exposed doesn't work. We need to do the darkness. And yeah, the first like, Duncan oh, had a heart attack. Talk like Paul, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, I think, like, the way that we see it go, like, because of how smoothly it works and then, like, the internal comments that Lito has, it also kind of, like, speaks to the course correcting that they've had over these thousands of years. Yeah. To this essentially flawless meeting again. So it's some good world building, I think. It is for sure. Um, the the other thing that you know is interesting is uh, they it talks about um, the fish speakers and how they're all women. You know a little bit more, um, and uh, you know using sex as a weapon, I guess. Yep. Which Duncan is opposed to and says, you know, that's not the Atreides way. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I, I get what he... <laughs> I get what Duncan means about... Um, at least in terms of, like, the old school Atreides honor that using sex would be frowned upon because it's kind of like, um, you know, this intentional bending of uh, someone's willpower, you know? It, it's kind of a... Uh, I don't know. I, it, maybe there's, like, this kind of undercurrent of, like, uh, the femme fatale that has some, some like, uh, bits of, like, sexist undertones that have kind of always been there, too, where it's like, ah, you know, the, the woman can use her body to tempt even the most honorable of men. But, like, whatever. Um, I, I think the big thing is Duncan's fixation and complete disbelief, especially in the face of all the other things that he needs to grow acclimated to, like Guido being a nearly 4,000-year-old worm. Um, he just cannot wrap his head around this idea that there could be an exclusively female fighting force. Yeah. Like, that idea is completely, completely laughable and ridiculous to him. In yep. a way that he keeps challenging it. He talks to Lito about it. He talks to Monio about I it. I know. We're going to talk about that conversation. Yeah, there's... Like, there's um, so, I, yeah, I mean, it, it gets... <laughs> It gets murkier. It gets it, it gets murkier after this uh, this 
this chapter with the whole fish speakers being all women and why, you know, and Duncan's, yeah, like you said, disbelief and then the kind of reasoning for it. Um, but just, just kind of keeping on this, you know, Leto says, uh, sex always was a way of subduing the aggressive male. And yeah, then Duncan's like, well, you let them believe you're a god. <laughs> it's like that's 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 why they they like are okay with doing this for you. Like, so it's it's uh it's it's really uh a pretty um pretty fucked up. It is. Yeah, I think like in isolation, if if we if we were talking about this without what we get from the last chapter here. Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely dark, twisted, and um, antiquated in its thought process. But I think it speaks to, like, the way that Leto micromanages humanity and kind of, like, sees these different drives in people as buttons for him to press. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Um, I can see why Toledo kind of being like removed in this godlike uh, perspective that coercing people to have sex who might not otherwise want to consensually, you know, to him it's just like I mean he's doing the breeding program, you know, yeah, it's like that's, sins to him. That's so, really the only yeah. That, that's <laughs> that's the point. I mean, even does it to Duncan. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I <laughs> I don't really like what's going on here, but I feel like in this chapter, you're you're not supposed to like it. I think it's one of those things too. Oh yeah. So I think Absolutely. it's kind of like bringing up this idea that that like Herbert kind of wants you to engage with like these primal human instincts to think about like. What what is humanity like separated from what society makes people, you know? And Leto kind of questions that or causes characters to question that, too. He talks about um, what, like, a pre-civilized man was like and how yeah. humanity is still, like, struggling to um, incorporate, like, those those primordial drives or influences while like also stabilizing uh, a civilization, you know? Yeah. 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 And so like coming up against those topics, it's always going to be uncomfortable in a, almost in like a fedora tipping way on Herbert's part where it's like, <laughs> Oh, well you might not like it, but this is the way it is. Yeah. This is humanity, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think for what it's worth, especially because, again, we're not really meant to like Leto, you know, I think. So no. in this chapter, I, I think it works. And then we're going to talk about the next chapter where I think it does not work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, this, that's what I have to say about it. I No, I, 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 I'm in complete agreement with you. Um 
Yeah, I mean, not not much else to say about this chapter. Just uh, you know, ends kind of interestingly where where uh, Duncan compares him to the Baron, um, and yeah. uh, Leto Leto still seems to genuinely think that he's he's better than the Baron, um, which which I think he probably is, but like, ah, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting yeah. comparison. It is. I mean, I guess isn't it more that uh, Duncan thinks that Leto's better than the Baron, and like Leto, no, Leto thinks well, it's kind of amusing that Duncan's barometer for evil is like measuring everything against the Harkonnen. Yeah. So so you know, pretty much, Duncan says, "If I find that you're worse than the Harkonnens, I'll turn against you." Um. And then Leto says, the Baron ate whole planets, Duncan. What could be worse than that? And then Duncan says, eating the Empire. Then Leto says, I am, yeah. pregnant. I am pregnant with my Empire. I'll die giving birth to it. So, I mean, it, 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 still, it, it does seem to think that he, like, Leto thinks he is more morally sound than, than the Baron, which I think he is. I mean, because... Baron Harkonnen was doing this for, you know, out, out of pure self-interest while, you know, is doing what he's doing for the interests of humanity as a whole for their, their future. Um, it, it is just, uh, just an interesting comparison and kind of the, the seeing, you know, Lido's rationale, um, behind it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Lido kind of recognizes that it's just different degrees of separation and you know that the bear like i think what it is really too is like leto's aware that he's really doing like he is doing worse things than the baron but his intent (laughs) and his moral foundation right he he believes to be superior yeah um and like that's what makes the difference like you can do worse things for better reasons Exactly. I think it's yep. kind of what it's saying. Um, but I think that Leto is poking and prodding Duncan here just the, the same way he did with Nayla. He's like, you know, what could be, right, what could be worse than what the Baron did? And Duncan has a really good quip, you know, where he's like, uh, what about what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do like, I do like Leto's line. Obviously, Everyone living under Leto's reign right now believes that they're three thousand five hundred and eight years into. From Leto's perspective, we see that he doesn't even believe he's created his empire yet. You know, yeah, that it no, only yeah, exists yeah. after he's gone. Yep. Uh, so that's that's cool. I like that that uh, perspective we get on Leto's behalf here. That, that, that was a cool bit to add. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's all, you know, doing this for, you know, the, 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 the empire he will actually never see, you know? Yeah. He, yeah. You know, pretty much what his, you know, I mean, he'll die giving birth like his mother died giving birth to him, which is 
sad and interesting. Oh, ones. dude. Right? Yeah, that's a cool parallel. I didn't I didn't think about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I know. the just, same fate yeah, as Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Um all right, let's get uh let's let's uh let's get through this last chapter. Oh god, okay. Yeah, I it's don't, not, so I don't the, really know where this is going to take us. It's not all it's not, the, the 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 chapter as a whole isn't bad. There's just some very questionable things in this uh in this in yeah, in in some of these passages. Yeah. Yeah. There is there, there is. Um, so essentially, we get Duncan waking up in his his new quarters uh, after you know the I guess the night before he denied more of the fish speakers. Yeah. Um, and then Monio comes to like check in on him. They have breakfast. And yeah, then they have a conversation where Duncan is is still laser focused on why everyone in Leto's army is a woman. Yeah, he just cannot process it. Um, which again, given all the other things that he needs to accept in order to like not go completely insane in this future. Um, it just does feel very, very, very antiquated that, uh, you know, he's, he's like, you can't just have a fighting force of all women, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, how, how do they lead each other? What, what do they do, you know? Yeah, th- this is... Uh, I th- wish it just ended there. But, I know, I know. I, yeah, I mean... Well, I I feel like this is one of the only times in in the in all of these books uh, that that we've read so far that you can actually tell um, that this was written in you know the sixties and seventies. I mean, I think there's smaller pieces where with Jessica with Benet Gesserit, but but yeah, overall, to Herbert's credit. I think even the smaller pieces that that might crop up here and there in the previous three books, it kind of feels like you can, and this is just me talking about it as a guy. You know, Tony didn't want anything to do with these books after the first one. She was like, I liked it, but that was like kind of tiring for her to get through at the same time. Yeah. I get that. But I, I think just speaking, in my case personally, a lot of times I feel like I can, I can kind of rationalize it in, in what I see as, like, the scope of the larger universe, like, oh, this is why this is happening. I might not like it, but there's, like, a reasoning. And you can always change the reasoning. You could always be like, Herbert could have found a more progressive reasoning. You know, you didn't have to write it this way, but he did, and you can understand why, at the very least. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just want to get that off my chest. So, so yes, I'm agreeing with you, but <laughs> with a small nuance. But, yes, I yep. agree. Yep. But this one's tough. Yeah, it's it just it's it just it's glaringly um, uncouth. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's 
let's go through this conversation in bits because yes. it does kind of grow. And, I, you know, Herbert's trying to talk about the... Are you there still? We're going to pause once more, folks. Be right back. So, yeah, so Herbert's kind of talking about, I think, like, what it means to have an army in the first place. And so he's like, in in our case, it kind of starts off as this commentary of, like, the modern-day army in our real world, which obviously is made up basically of all men. Yeah, um, and I mean, so so one thing I want to say is, like, I feel like he gets so close to having a really good point, you know, like it's a lot of it is, is like it, a lot of it rings true, but cause it's, it's a boys club, you know, it's, it's mob mentality, you know, um, follow the pack kind of mentality, you know, in the military or whatever. But there's one element he brings in that is, uh, it it just it just muddies the whole thing. Homosexuality. Yes, it just muddies the the the, the, the his entire argument. Yeah, it really does. Right, because it, it does. That that is what's kind of interesting at the core of this, because it starts off where like he he's trying to make a criticism, right? Yeah, he's saying like there are problems in having an established fighting force comprised of all guys, right? And yes. it's like, okay. Agreed. I hear that. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he definitely, he kind of like also, he brings it back to sex again too. And he's like, so if the army doesn't have like a clear external target, it will, like, inevitably fight either, like, the people it's created to protect or, like, they'll, it'll fight amongst itself, you know? But it, but it does need to fight, and that yeah. aggression will come about in sex as well. And so he talks about, like, rape in the military, right? Um, yeah, I think, I think that's... Maybe I should have had, like... Yeah. Maybe we should have had, like, a, a trigger warning. I just said... Yeah, I know, that's... that's... hard arm word. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we, that's 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 true. Yeah, um, you can uh, put it in the uh, put it in the 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 description, or maybe say something at the beginning. Yeah, just so, it, just so it's there. Yeah, no, I I I I will. We yeah, we that's something we we should definitely do. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it's. <sighs> well, hold on. Can I keep going? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, so so he, he is talking about, like, like physical violence and sexual violence. Um, and how, how some of that will connect to rape, too. And so, like, that, that also feels like it's touching on very real issues in the military, you know, like, there's still so much sexual violence 
that is completely ignored or swept under the rug. Um, and so Herbert's also bringing that up as an issue, but then he, he does very clearly attribute that and, and, and scapegoat the gay community. Yeah. You know, he's like, this happens because of like homosexuality or homosexual tendencies. I think he makes like a distinction where you wouldn't even need to identify as being gay, like just having enough guys around, it'll just eventually happen whether or not they identify as gay, right? Yeah. Um, yep. But it, it really does feel like he blames gay people or like gay uh, feelings. I don't know. Uh, feelings isn't the right word, you know, but. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I... But at any rate, like, it seems it seems clear that, like, he attributes it to homosexuality. And I think that's, like, the big glaring issue. It's not just men, right? It's not just, like, ah, you know, it's the guys. Which, it feels like you could kind of be like, yeah, right? Men suck. Exactly, but it's not, yeah. it's not men. He's no. like, it's gay men. Yeah, so... That's what it so, feels like to me. I, well, yeah, pretty much right here, it's, it's uh you know... Homosexual behavior is is pointed uh, out as as being a wholly bad thing, you know. Like it's it's uh, right. there there there's there's no nuance in this in in this kind of uh, um, argument here. It's 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 you know he he's just equating you know sexual violence in the military as being you know. Um, having a direct correlation to homosexuality um which is extremely yeah. extremely you know problematic and um insensitive and offensive and uh, yeah um even e- like there is many things we can we can say about like oh well it was in the 70s or the 60s or whatever different time whatever but just like even taking that out of equation take to you know taking the the um time period and and you know standards of the time like it it, it this is just it's just it's just bad it's just really bad yeah um it's yeah i agree so definitely the biggest yikes moment um i i think yeah, the, and, out of the entire series i think yeah, without a doubt. I'd say, again, like with 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 the other things that crop up, usually with the Bene Gesserit, usually with Jessica, um, or or the way that Jessica's character is used and then sometimes undercut or written off. Um, I think like that. Those are the sort of things where you could be like, well, it's an older book, you know. Like those are the kind of things that you can kind of uh, that you can really attribute to the time period. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it should be there. Yep. Doesn't mean that Herbert shouldn't be held accountable or couldn't have done a better job of that, even given the time period. But like those are the kinds of things where it feels like you could be like, I understand, given when the book was written. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. yeah. There's no, there's no similar um, rationale or forgiveness here. No. Unfortunately, it just, no. It's just a bad take. It is. And, um, yeah. It's it's. Really, this is his um, kind of like uh, 
uh, I don't know how, how to even describe it, like like galaxy brain libertarian kind of attitude coming out full force. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just. It's just. It's. It's. It's just not good. And. Uh, um. Yeah, I don't know how much more there is to say about it, but it just it 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 it, it takes you. It, I mean, within the context of the book, even it just takes you out of the book. You're like, what the fuck? Like, really, yeah. dude? Yeah, and I, I think even with um, the fish speakers themselves, it's kind of like uh, you get kind of like a, a positive stereotyping as well. Where Herbert's saying, like, oh, well, if everyone in the army was a female, then, you know, well, they're just the gentler sex. Yeah, right? I know. There's going to be less less infighting. Um, there's going to be uh, a greater respect for the sanctity of life because, of course, they uh, they are the ones who have children foster children give birth and like it's not that you can't try and write or explore differences between men and women but i think the way that he does it here too it feels very much like he's using women you know like yeah leto still is like playing god in this unsavory way where, you know, he's like, well, I'm going to use the qualities inherent to all women because that's just how girls are, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I'm going to make an army out of them and it's going to be better because they're all girls. And it's like, honestly, if you had an army of all women, there, I think there would be like real differences and some of them would be positive, but, it just feels like writing about it and the way that Herbert chooses to like implement that in yeah. the story um, feels... I, I think that a lot of it comes from we know that the author is Frank Herbert and we know that he's writing about it from an exclusively male perspective. Yep. So like these are the observations of him as like this older white guy and he's He's really just using women as a tool in his story and like trying to like chop them up, you know, and and just extrapolate that all all women share these qualities inherent to them because of their sex. Yeah. You know? Yep. No. It's um, yeah. It's and very that, true. That also it's, feels yeah. Wrong. Yeah. It's it's you know treating um you know the uh you know women as a whole and you know um homosexuals as this kind of monolith and uh not as individuals yeah, yeah. you know which is which is very very um problematic um yep. so yeah that's that um before we get into the the end of it i gotta pee yeah. really badly i gotta pee so i'm gonna pause really quickly okay sure all right okay and we're back We're back. We're rolling. <clears throat> okay. Um, so, largely, I feel good about what we discussed, and I'm ready to talk about the actual chapter. Yeah. 
in, in terms of like what happens with the characters. But I, I want to mention one last thing about it. Sure. And that's um, like reading through this chapter and us breaking it down together um, really causes me to reflect on, I guess, my own privilege in like choosing to enjoy Dune and, and continuing the story. Cause like, I know myself and obviously, you know, we are going to keep reading, but like, I can imagine, um, plenty of readers, especially, you know, people from these marginalized groups, you know, you could just shut the book right now and be like, you know what? Yeah. I'm done reading Dune. Um, I think a lot of people would make that decision. And so like, it kind of just causes me to reflect a little on the fact that, um, I also know myself and that I still want to see what's going to happen in the story. And I still hope that, you know, maybe, um, Herbert can make decisions with his writing that, uh, if, if he's going to tackle this kind of thing, you know, I, I hope that he engages with it better. Uh, there's mm. no reason to think that he will, but I hope that he does because this was kind of um, just a little uh, sad to read, you know. To yeah, think agreed. that um, this is a part of uh, this author's brain that otherwise I think he's, you know, created a universe that, you know, four books in, I'm invested in now. And I, yep. I still want to complete this journey that, that you and I set out to do. Um, but I, I guess it just kind of makes me pause and recognize that like in a way I feel like reading Dune and enjoying this narrative is like white privilege. Do you know what I mean? Like I think yeah. that like because of who I am, like I'm able to make that decision and be like, you know what? Like I can compartmentalize some of these things and, and still go ahead with this story because I want to find out what happened. But like, I can't imagine if, um, you know, if I if I was a woman, or if I was gay, or both, or mm-hmm. anything, you know, or or even just you could be a white guy like me and just be like, nah, I think I'm done here. You oh, know? easily, um, yeah. I mean, but one thing I'll say is is like I don't know, but what, it, it feels shitty to say, but like I'm, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Like I just recognize that I'm not, and I just well, I okay. feel like it's worthwhile. Yeah, pointing that out, even if it's not like a great thing to say but no i don't know I, I think a lot of that is just wrapped up in privilege as well i think you're absolutely right i i i agree with you on both points there um like this is the, this was the first thing that I, I i read within a dune book that um you know like i i could i i literally could not believe my eyes when i was reading this uh passage right. you know um and so to put yourself into the shoes of somebody from a you know a marginalized group um yeah, I mean that that reaction maybe wouldn't have just been shock or awe. It would have been, you know, maybe uh uh like like you said shutting the book and walking away from uh the series entirely. It's it's um you know, absolutely an inexcusable um argument to make and to be part of the narrative, it you know, it it is a it's it's shameful and uh and 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 definitely kind of puts a stain on the the series as, as a whole. I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel like I've said my piece. I'm, I'm happy with what we've discussed and, um, you know, obviously we'll continue to see how this goes as we keep reading. I really hope that, um, you know, this commentary isn't expanded on really, unless it's, it's walked back in some fashion. But, yeah. Um, who knows? I, I guess this is, this is part of like kind of what we considered could happen though, too. Cause at the end of children of Dune, when we were like, well, Lido is going to take over the breeding program. It's not explicitly tied to this, you know, but, but we were like, wow, we could be getting into like some weird eugenics territory with her. And yeah, you're that's right. not exactly this, but like, it's, it's kind of all wrapped up in that same mindset, you know? Well, yeah. And, and I mean, think about, and why it's in the book. Think about how, how long he's been fucking skirting around things like incest, you know? Yeah. Like it, something like this was bound to come out at some point. Like it's, it's, it's not exactly surprising, but um, still very yeah. Di- disappointing. Yes, disappointing. It is. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad we discussed it. Let's. I don't really, honestly. That's that's kind of the bulk of the chapter, anyways. But uh, it is, yeah. It's more it's processing our, our yeah, feelings on it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean. It's it's just you know Idaho Duncan and uh, Maneo talking, um, you know Maneo kind of bring Duncan uh, up to speed a little bit more. Um, yeah, Duncan is in just disbelief a lot of this chapter about the you know the things we were discussing, uh, but I think some more interesting takeaways is is you know Maneo saying like you know re- revealing to Duncan that he is an Atreides as well. Um, a direct descendant of of uh, Ganema and Harkalada, um, mm-hmm. which I mean, obviously that's obvious because uh, you know Siona's in Atreides, Moneo is Siona's father, but just kind of I hadn't no. thought of it before. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, neither really. I don't know why it should have been obvious, but uh, it, it yeah it did feel like that was like oh yeah, kind of like an oh yeah moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, more mention of the breeding program, and and that uh, you know, Duncan, you know, questions. Oh, you know, is is that what the fish speakers did with me that first night? And Monio was like, Yeah, probably. They, you know, right. they they uh they 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 don't use protection. Right. Um. Yeah, it's it's you know still still pretty yeah. murky territory, but. Yeah, I, I think the the big thing in terms of the the narrative here is um, right, like Duncan's uh, kind of dawning on Duncan that he's going to be a part of this breeding program, and Monio interacting with the specific Duncan that is um, expected to be the partner of his daughter. Yeah, so yes, yes, yes. It's a bit of a world collide kind of thing for Monio, you know, who's who's probably been anticipating and working towards this moment for a long time, uh, but is now faced with the actual candidate to be Fiona's partner. Um, 
And, you know, Monito's kind of processing the whole thing, too, because, it, you know, it's, again, it's all part of the plan. But now that it's happening, um, he kind of has to, like, consider his own emotions now as well. Yeah. As a father. Um, and a weird kind of descendant to Duncan as well, all wrapped up into one. Exactly, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, that's that's pretty, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Yes, yeah. Uh, is there anything else? Um, the only, the only other thing that I will, you know, mention, and this goes more into it is, is, uh, you know, Lido not allowing, um, you know, genetic surgery or artificial insemination, uh, that the Tyloxu kind of do. Um, right. And I mean, then Maneo says, you know, he, he, he thinks of the face dancers as mules, closer to a colony organism than a human. Um, but, you know, doesn't seem to yeah. think of the, doesn't seem to think of the breeding program as, as similar to that. Uh, so that's another little, of a, like, like a bit of a moral kind of like, just like, Oh, Oh really? You, like, you don't see any problem in what you're doing. So. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, um, that also goes back to, uh, in Messiah, when Paul's talking with the Reverend Mother to save Johnny, and he's like, I'll give you my cum, but it'll be in a vial, and that's, like, blasphemous. Yes, yes, and it so is. so it shows, it's a, it's a continuation of that, you know, that um, there's something about, like, the human spirit and, like, this, this joining of the flesh that is kind of irreplaceable, you know? Yeah. That people are more than just uh, test tube babies made inside of people yeah and so it does it does shine some light on why the Tleilaxu are so reviled by the Bene Gesserit and by Vito's followers um they're the dirty Tleilaxu presumably because they uh engage in artificial insemination yeah yeah they 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 kind of um yeah they 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 kind of uh um taint that the you know the human spirit i guess if you will the 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 sanctity of of humanity yeah it is it definitely is weird to think of in light of the breeding program because of course it it feels like what some of the condemnation is from leto's followers from the b'nai gesserit is like it's kind of examining uh humanity and childbirth as like uh, this very sanitized science experiment. Um, and so you lose the humanity in a like natural intercourse. Yeah. But of course we know that um, what Lido's doing is just like you're saying, it's own weird, creepy science experiment. He's just having people fuck instead. Yep. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Better, so. It feels a lot to me. It feels a lot to me like um like conservative hypocrisy, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's there. I so, think that's there. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much all I I I got for the final chapter. Yeah, same. I know. Yeah, same. Uh, I know it was. Uh, you're you're you. 
Yeah, your audio is all yeah. weird right now. Oh. Oh, it's back now. You got it. You're you're, you're oh. back. You're back. You're back. Okay. Well, sorry, dude. Anyways, it's the end. So <laughs> this was uh. Maybe, maybe we gotta work on. I don't know. It's weird. It's like I'm, I'm split in my mind where it's like I think that we should uh, allow our conversations to kind of naturally run their course. But it seems like the more we do our podcast, the more it's skewing towards this two-hour mark. Yeah, I, I know. Should, uh, I know. Try and be more concise. How do you feel about it? Um, Let's talk about this on the podcast and make it longer. Yeah. Well. I mean, let's maybe we, yeah we'll talk about it off the podcast maybe, but we can maybe even <laughs> set a we can set a time limit if you want. Um, yeah, yeah. Do I mean even if maybe we can even take notes things we want to uh, bring up, but you know before we actually get into it, that's a possibility. We can streamline it out, you know, streamline streamline things that way. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it seems like you know, two hours is our is is our new average, right. All right. Yeah, yeah, I know. We we don't need to figure it out here, but just, kind of just the acknowledgement. I'm like, damn, like, I'm almost at my house now, man. So yeah. <laughs> I know crazy. it's going to be a long one again. Yeah. Of course, we had a lot to uh, a lot to break down just in more of, like, outside of the narrative and just kind of talking about Herbert and uh, his uh, what, libertarian brain rot, you said. Yeah, so, essentially, essentially, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, hey, I'm, I'm glad, as always, that you are my uh, partner in, in navig- navigating some of the, the murkier aspects of Dune as well. So um, Yeah, you as well. It's important to, you know, not just gloss over these things, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad we can have that conversation. Word. All right. Uh, anything else well, you want to mention? Anything? Anything. The, the only thing I want to say is that uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we're at DuneDudesPod at gmail.com. Uh, you can, we're on Twitter now, at DuneDudesPod. Connor is going to start tweeting yeah. from that, 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 that account very, very soon. Imminently. Very soon, I know. Yeah. Um, also, you, know, you can find us at Corrupted TV on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, until next time. Uh... I don't know. Don't let authors off the hook. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> think think critically. I don't yes. know, man. Yeah. No, that's it's that's tough. a good a good parting message. All right. See you guys.